Ready? <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that was like a gregarious laugh. Okay. Well, good thing I'm already recording, so I caught that laugh. <laughs> um, hi everybody, welcome back to Journey Doses. The the whole like two people that probably listen to this, but actually I'm going to, I'm gonna not say that again because I want to create a different experience. Um, but also, hi mom. <laughs> Like the mom's the only one that's listening. Um, anyways, so it's just me, Ashley, today. No Tyler. Well, it's not just me, but Tyler's not here. Um, I am so excited because I'm having my best friend. I have I have a few best friends, but you're one of them from my certain walk of life that we can chat about. Um, as my partner in conversation today, Camila Silva. Say hi. You're so silly. Say hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's a little nervous just because we're recording. But yeah. there's nothing to be nervous about because, for one, you and I are going to talk about <laughs> anything like and everything because yeah. it's so I easy. Yeah, it's just a conversation. Yeah. And also, for two, like I said, probably no one listens to this, but I'm not going to say that again. Like I said, yeah. I'm not going to say that, but I'm you know. i say that again. Yeah, there's probably no one listening. <laughs> so, okay, uh, we'll talk a little bit about who you are and then, like, the ball will just roll. Um, we know each other, we've known each other for, um, like, eight years? I can't do math. Yeah, well, 2011 was when we both started college. I graduated high school in 2012. Oh, oh yeah, you're a year younger than me. I started college in 2011, it's 2021, it's been 10 years, subtract a little bit, yeah, 10 years since I started college. Um, and I've been in college for 10 years because yeah. I went to an early college academy. Yeah. And it's funny because Facebook stream mean whatever archive timeline will tell you what you wrote 10 years ago. And I was like, just a couple more papers left, then, then I'll, finals will be over. And I'm reading that thinking, when are finals over? <laughs> oh my God, seriously. I can't even imagine. Like, I've been out of school for over five years. Beautiful. And... You like? Did you have any bit of time where mm-hmm. you weren't in school between your bachelor's and your master's, or even between yeah. high school? Yeah, I graduated. Uh, yeah, so two years. So May 2015, I graduated with my bachelor's of arts in psychology, and all my concentration was in marriage and family. Um, so that means like dual ship, and then you can speak to the whole family. So I guess it's individual, group, yeah. and couples therapy. Um, and then I stopped for two years, and I was working still at San Jose State with Spartan Shops. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. You were working there for an additional two years after graduating? Uh, well, I quit in 2016 and then worked, started mental health, working as oh, an yeah. admin in mental health. Okay. And then went back to school when I got accepted. Okay. And how long did it take you to figure out and commit to doing your master's for nutrition or for diet to be a dietitian? So... I often joke that like, 
psychology was my first boyfriend. And then <laughs> as I went through that, I found another boyfriend and like nutrition was really sparkly and exciting. And I've always loved food, but didn't know that you can get a degree in food. And this is now, that's interesting to say because now years later, my um, career in food is not just about the food thing. Now it's it's so much more about the psychology, so it's almost like full, full circle Yeah. at this point. Um, and then I actually knew that I was interested in nutrition at some level, so I got my minor in nutrition, graduated in 2015, and then just needed a few more classes to wrap up, and then all of the master's classes. Holy um, nuggets. So I just needed like the last little bit, and I really wanted to do this basically right after I got a bachelor's, but... I was in a partnership where it was more important to maybe save money in order to get to the next step. But um, In that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then I decided, like, loans are going to be loans, and I just took the investment and applied, and now I'm going to have to eat those loans soon, but that's... Yeah, you and everyone else nowadays, all of us. I think yeah. the average student loan debt is, like, at least 30 grand, but that was mm, also... That's a car. Yeah, that's a car, and that that was also a couple years ago and that's just for a bachelor's degree yeah by the way like my student loan debt graduating from san jose state was eighty thousand. but that was because san jose by the time i came back to california for me was going to be considered out-of-state tuition that's right. so my tuition was like three times as much as everyone else's which is ridiculous that, yeah I have also to... why i won't go back into the academic system keep talking say something um give us a funny fact while i turn off the water Ooh. pump because it's annoying me Okay, a funny fact. Um, well, purple fruits and veggies, well, actually just the color purple in nutrition, is one of the most powerful antioxidants out of all of the other colors. <laughs> I had so much faith in you. I knew you were going to be able to come up with some ridiculousness. I mean, it's pretty cool. Second to that would be blue. Well, blue and purple is kind of in the same group. Yeah. Um, and even white veggies, like yes, your white potato, your French fry, has some fucking micronutrients in it. It's almost like you are learning like color theory, which is more like art and design language, but color mm. theory through food. There's like a really cool blend oh, yeah. there. Yeah, I even have a cookbook that's mm -hmm. organized by color. Oh, of course you do. If you hear weird snorting in the background, <laughs> that would be Chewbacca. No, not not the Chewbacca from Star Wars. Unfortunately, um, this this is the, the Chewbacca mascot, if you will. Um, Chuby, you can call him, is Camila's little pup, and he well, is missing lots of teeth, so one of his tongues stick out the side, and he's part dachshund, part chihuahua? Yes. Okay. I did it. And he looks kind of like a little fox, and I would appreciate if you just took a nap. Oh, it's okay. He can snore in the background, but just to give everyone like a little context, it's not like some weird mm -hmm. breathing issue that Camila has. Um, <laughs> and for the two people that um, listen to this podcast so far, <laughs> you can follow me at eatwhatyoulike.rd2b on Instagram. Boom. And you know, all the official people out there, what they say is say something like that is we'll put that in the show notes. Oh. Down there. Yeah, down there. Down there in the caption somewhere, you're going to find her Instagram tag. Go follow Camila. She posts a lot about a lot of cool things. You can probably find pictures of Chewbacca. Yes. Um, random question or just conversation before we talk about other fun stuff is, so back to us meeting, it was in college, mm -hmm. but we worked for the same company that we um, had a lot of similar feelings and experiences for go both good and bad and um, learned a lot. But anyway, we crossed paths when we worked at the Jamba Juice franchise together. And to cross-train about colors. 
Yeah, because we were just talking about that, colors. That company, um, once you get into a certain level, if you, once you get to the full time kind of management level, they give you training. Well, I guess they even do it before then, but whatever. They give you training on leadership styles through the platform Insights. And there's red, blue, green, and yellow, and there's good and bad days to both. And it it, it focuses on leadership style, but you can really kind of Mm -hmm. put that into like personality and characteristic and super translatable. And you do this whole test and it populates all this information. And actually, I found it to be, that would be Chewbacca growling at Marty. Marty's not doing anything to you. Oh, poor Marty Pants. Look at him, he's so scared. He Marty, doesn't know what to do. Marty, he is not scary. I'm so sorry. Which is funny because Marty reminds me of McFly. Um, yeah, that's how we named him. <gasps> yeah. Mar- Mar- Martin McFly. Marty McFly. That's his. That's why he's named that from Back to the Future. I love that. I'm surprised he's even showing his face because of the dog. But anywho, Jamba Juice. Yes. I loved working at Jamba Juice. Honestly, it was probably one of my favorite places. I loved... Um, memorizing all the recipes. I loved the, like, we worked on campus, so, like, there would be crazy, crazy, crazy long line rushes in between Mm -hmm. class changes. I loved, like, multitasking and managing all the different things happening. We were in, like, uh, leadership management positions, and so it was really fun to, that's when I, through that insights program is how I learned and really resonated with understanding that I have a a strong like motivation style of leadership and I really love being in a position where I can motivate people so it's so fun to be in that company where we were getting a taste for like leadership managing a team managing process improving processes yeah. how to manage other people's responses yeah and, a variation of them oh yeah exactly like leadership that's where I really learned like I really resonated with communication style and how important it is and how you can learn communication and how just because you've been in a certain field long enough doesn't mean you're qualified to be a manager. And what what is important is like communication style, understanding what your style is, what someone else's style is, how to communicate to that person so that the message is well received. We really got a lot of good nuggets, but mm-hmm. um, I back to Jamba Juice. <laughs> I also just really loved like recommending like smoothies or recommending like mm. alternates like oh I, I can't do this ingredient what do you recommend oh, so fun I don't know why but nowadays when I go to the gym one, only once a week but when I go I treat myself because there's a Jamba Juice across the street and I'll go to Jamba Juice after Aww. and um it's so fun it's interesting that you're that we're both talking about Jamba Juice because I dreamt about Jamba Juice sometime this week really yeah and I I think I'm in this like very um, superwoman pose of bragging and saying like I remember in that dream I would be your best employee because I was really good when I worked at Jamba I also liked when we had rushes and just that thrill of like ordering processing go and being able to do that efficiently and at this manager style or level that you're talking about we were also taught to have a bird's eye view so really sometimes unless we had to hop on we weren't seeing things sometimes or we weren't doing the actual smoothie making so we wouldn't get to see everyone 
act, it's like a very meta. How everyone's functioning. Like sometimes you, you can't be in the thick of it. You need to step back. And yeah. even though you feel like you're not doing anything and you're just standing there, like you're a critical component. Yes. Standing back and watching and making sure that everything is functioning as it should and nothing's right. missing. And when and, it doesn't, you need to be able to swap yeah. that out for, and say the reason, but say it nice enough or in the right enough way mm-hmm. so that you can swap people or positions. Like mm-hmm. I remember never wanting to put that person on that style or that, that <laughs> station. Yeah. Or, you know. Yeah. yeah. And um, we, yeah, we both ended up ascending to uh, the same full-time position in mm-hmm. that company. So we both got to a similar uh, stage, and, and not, not many people did because it was on campus. So there was th- yeah. hundreds and hundreds of thousands of kids coming in, coming in and out all the time. But um, I'm going to just, like, pat myself on the back for a little bit because the, partly the way we met is I was able to train you a little bit. I promoted you into you were you were or you had just promoted I needed some type of so in this view of color right yeah I needed a little bit more training from your color style so I yeah, had our like styles are very different yeah I had the ingredients but the way I understood it was my outcome wasn't always what management wanted and so I needed some refining about um leadership communication I needed to be more direct um and and direct in a way that wasn't too blue or detail oriented because as you know I could talk 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 yes you're very blue which means you're very detail oriented which is totally opposite of the spectrum for me which is very red yellow which is very blunt get to the point don't give me the fluff but I just want to say like like you don't need we all have a little bit of everything and it's learning to tap right. into those different energies and dial them up and down when you're depending on right. who you're communicating I didn't know how to with do that at that time. exactly and um also like even though management was coming from a position of like i almost feel like uh, you were made to feel like you weren't complete or whole or whatever like you weren't mm-hmm. i don't know like you weren't yeah. You provided well, an energy. Yeah, you provided an, an, an energy and a skill set that not as many people ha- like detail oriented. Yeah. There aren't as many people that are like down to do that. Right. So you provide that energy. Well, that's why they and, moved me to all these other places mm-hmm. so I could promote make the it other jambas. Yeah, and make it yeah. all happen. So yeah, but at the time Thank when you. you were first starting off, there were some people that like didn't really get your style and your right. energy that we worked with. That I, um, I, that was one of the first. Like a good um, example in my mind of a moment where um, some people tried to share their opinion. Like, mm. remember, like Sterling, oh. and like you guys didn't jive at all. I remember us being friends. Like, I made cupcakes. He for was something. he was nice, but like, yeah. um, he was he just wanted to have fun, and you were like, "This uh, is my job, and oh, I yeah. want to do it right." And he yeah. was not into that. So anyway, like, um, but it was an g- example of a time for me where I was able to say, like, "I'm going to make my own opinion about this person," and we really got along and hit it yeah. off. Yeah. And yeah. here I was we a are. Nervous, but no, 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 here we are. So yeah. many years later friends still almost 10 years i guess cause almost like next, 10 years it's halfway through 2021 i oh my god what in the world like how i just listened to a song earlier i was jiving doing my thing this morning and i listened to um this song called fuck 2020 have you have you heard it i'm just gonna i'm gonna i don't know if i well anyways it goes fuck 2020 uh still sad still ain't got the money <laughs> Uh, Still a fucking grad student. Yeah, yeah. Some, <laughs> anyways, it's, it, anyways. anyone listening, go listen to this song called Fuck 2020. I don't know how it, who it's by, but it's funny. It talks about cats, and it says, and it says, can we just skip to 2021? And here we are. 
2021. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I feel like... Um, <laughs> separate but related you know how so many this culture we have these divides like live in the present but um, prepare for your future like you must be in the present or else you're not living life right and I have no idea how to do that right now to live in like 2021 summer because I'm transitioning into this internship and so like I feel like it's 2022 already because I'm making plans for it to be 2022 oh so I feel like time is going faster for me and I'm also scared that like I won't um soak up everything right now like that Mm. I'll be so ready in that moment and then will I be too tired to soak up my my internship so the goal everyone is to rest and lay on the floor and do nothing for (laughs) no reason which you're not very good at you were just telling me a few minutes ago that's not something that's natural for you but I did it for seven days you did okay maybe five yeah but that's more than the normal amount Mm mm-hmm good job um so I want to give more background to you we definitely talked about how you are getting your master's to be a dietitian. You're super passionate about food. Like, where does that passion come from, and what's your angle? Like, what? I, and I say that because I know that you have one. Your angle, angle, your angle about, on food. Um, okay, I feel like I have so many different angles about food. Mm-hmm. Um, I think anything that I say, I'm a very intersectional person, um, and that. Coined, that term was actually coined in the queer community by somebody's name I don't know right now, and I should. Um, but it means that there's like exponentials upon exponentials. So there's layers of things that I'm interested in. Um, but I'll try to be concise. There's so much I want to learn. Something you're practicing, if yes. I may. <laughs> when I listen to you sometimes, I'm literally thinking, how did we get onto this? Because I'm, I will I'm say, you visual. bounce. Yeah. You see it in your head, yeah. and it'll go... And I think sometimes you do come back around, but when you're like all the way on the other side of the sphere, I'm like, okay, this try to stick with her. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyways. So okay, tell us about angle. your, your layers. And yeah. Your angle. My layers. Um, so I geometry. Up, yes. Um, I grew up in households that always celebrated food. So thankfully, at least at the beginning of my life, I had more decent access to food. Um, And then when my mom remarried, she married into a wealthy middle-class family, like probably upper middle-class. And so anytime we would go to barbecues or something, like it was all of the spreads and everyone enjoyed everything. And there was no, um, and those moments, any type of scarcity or dislike of food, except I will still never like mushrooms, sorry, auntie. (laughs) Um, And then growing up, because of my mom's um, mental status, access to food changed. And so, and that made me also interested more so in people and people's interactions with things. Um, my top three favorite things to talk about on the entire planet, food, people, sex. Um, and those are my... We're going to get to the sex part later. There's no. so much there. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, guys. Stick around when we get to the sex part. I promise it's worth it. There's so much good stuff to talk about. I promise. But anyways, back to food. Um, (laughs) And so having less access to food um, had a certain impact, and that's actually called a food desert. We'll talk about that later um, if we want to. And then um, as a teenager, naturally, in this society, in American society, um, and growing up as a bigger boned or, I mean... I can call myself fat because I am fat, but I really, if you look at me and other fat people, I'm small fat. So really, if I were to present myself, I'm Camila. I am a cisgender, small fat, queer femme would be like my culturally appropriate way to introduce myself. Those are my privileges. Um, 
but there's such a, uh, there is a fun tangent there because you and I have talked about how like human nature is to identify and categorize and define. And yeah. so if I, if I have to do that so that you better understand me, right. I will give you these words. Right. However, you like you, astrology. On your, right. But on your own terms, in your own mind, you're not really like residing or, or, um, yeah, you're not really residing with certain terms and words. You There's a fluidity the, yeah. and a flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and for many people, though, because they haven't been given that freedom, these boxes are, um, these descriptions are more powerful. Um, but I got interested in food. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I did that one to you. That's Because okay. <laughs> um, I love psychology. Yeah. Um, oh, that's right. So as um, a, a larger girl growing, um, teenage girl growing through teenage years, um, I was not the, the thin, flat-stomached, um, smaller, like I didn't even think I had hips until I got older. Like I even had body dysmorphia, which is like you don't understand what your body looks like. Um, and it's interesting because I'll look back to pictures when I'm younger oh, I'm so thin, but then I thought I was so fat. So just food and how people interact with food and how food interacts with people, all that relationship I've always been interested in. And thankfully, I have this history of like celebrating food and really loving to cook. And that's the all other fun with these family events. Like I was always having my hands mashing in something helping. Um, so it's like really interesting to have a foundation, have something get fucked up, <laughs> come out of this and like, I have all these questions. And so first got my degree in psychology because I had to figure out my family stuff. <laughs> learned, I was like, wow, I got some food stuff I have to learn. Like, wow, other people have these questions too. And I learned about eating disorders in my abnormal psychology class. And in I your thought, bachelor's. When I was getting my bachelor's. And I thought, how the fuck can people have fucked up relationships with food? Did some more work. And I thought, oh yeah, I have different relationships with food. Um, and then I had to learn more about food. And that's one of my angles. So I'm really interested in the intersection between psychology and nutrition. Mm -hmm. So again, um, that could be how nutrition impacts our mood. Uh, like 95% of the serotonin is produced in our gut. And yes, what we eat influences our gut flora, but like what you eat doesn't have to be this perfect prescribed, like purity culture bullshit. So that's my angle with food is like, be relaxed. If you have access to food, let's talk about, um, what foods make you feel good. Like always though, we talk about what your access to food is, what makes you feel good. Um, like I bring the knowledge, but my patient is the expert in their own body. Mm -hmm. I just built the bridge. I appreciate and that. And I have yeah. this like library of stuff, but I have a lot of questions I have to ask people, you know? And so be careful if you're asking your nutrition people out there, cause sessions with us is $150 per session ha, ha, ha. <laughs> for your 50 minutes. We getting some free <laughs> shit today. Son. Um, you alluded to an like my questions are so like leading cause I know about you, but okay. you, I feel like you alluded a little bit to what I'll say is, um, uh, not having to be perfect all the time. Yes. And so can you talk to me about like where you stand on that and how that differs from what you see in, um, in nutrition culture, oh. in like dietitian culture, because I know you. that there's a thing there. So there's a thing there. Talk about how like that differs and and yeah. yeah, where you stand. So some terms you've already heard me use are purity culture or diet culture. Um, purity culture is the idea that there's this perfect way to eat, and if you just eat like this, all of your worries will fall away because you're just eating the right diet, right? And 
we're human beings, so we're driven to be good and we're driven to do the right thing. And of course we have, we're always told we have this one temple, right? Your body is your temple, you have to treat it right. And so people are just doing that. They are caring about their food, they're trying to do their absolute best and they have questions, ideas, mindsets, right? Now that we have media, people are just consuming anything that's out there. I mean, your um, Bowflex guy can be a nutritionist. I mean, Joe on the street can be a nutritionist, right? Um, so and there's a lot of, of like, um, marketing is very exactly. powerful. Like, in the, in the eco-friendly world, there's the term greenwashing. And it's yes. like, just because it says it's eco-friendly doesn't mean it actually is environmentally friendly. Just so because same... it's vegan doesn't mean it's environmentally friendly. Right, right, exactly. Or in terms of vegan, just because it's vegan doesn't mean that, that that's actually the best option for you. Like, um, Exactly. Like, exactly. Uh, is it really the healthiest? I don't know. It depends who you talk to, I guess. Exactly. So, And okay. I know other RDs that are vegan. Like, there are ways to... There are so many different ways to eat. There's yeah. no one right way to eat. And if we all ate the fucking same thing every day anyway, genetics would show us that we would all present differently anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's just... It's like... You can't make a poodle into a cat. And you can't make... Ugh, that's stupid. You can't make a big dog turn into a small dog. What's a big dog? You can't make a Great Dane turn into a poodle. Or fuck a chihuahua. <laughs> you can't make a Great Dane fuck a chihuahua? What? No, I mean... <laughs> I'm just kidding. Right. Yeah. And so that's my other angle about nutrition is that I practice as a non-diet dietitian, future dietitian, um, with a health at every size um, paradigm. And so non-diet means that I don't believe in... Well, first, let me define what a dietitian does. So my two specialties as a future dietitian, the two things I have to do by law, monitor fluid intake, um, make sure that people are hydrated, and I can make a meal plan for any person out there, any age, any disease, uh, any mental disease, any access to food, any, I could make the diet. Mm -hmm. Um, I could tell you how much your groceries would be, like, RDs are magic. I love us, even though my future podcast will be smashing a lot of what goes on in our culture, but, um, or in our group. Yeah. Now I got lost. Me too, girl. That's, oh, and then, uh, health at every size means that, <laughs> yes, yes. um, I, so like in our constitution, there's a lot like racism, sexism, these are all protected things. Um, but our body size isn't. You know, so you can't discriminate against race, can't discriminate against um, sex, gender, um, but you can discriminate against body size. That's not legally protected. Mm. Um, and we have a huge discrimination in our culture. Um, again, along with this purity culture, often you have to be thin. Um, and so there's this pursuit of thinness and this micromanaging of one's body in order to look like Jessica Alba or Britney Spears or whoever is it, right? Um, when really like so many of us are size 12 and up and even that's fucking arbitrary because you can go to Target to Marshalls to all these places and I mean you you sew things like you know everything can just it's all man-made anyway Mm -hmm. um so yeah that those are my angles with food and that's why I spit against this like imagery of perfection because there's too much detail there's too much information to consider to assess to examine um before you could be like yeah eat your keto diet and keto will give you everything you wish for like yeah, and you'll probably get heart disease and your kidneys will fail, but, like, great, you're thin. So you don't believe in keto at all in well, any manner? I mean, keto is keto is meant for epilepsy, and 
there's a reason certain people go on a keto diet and there are things that need to be monitored. Even those people that are on keto diets in your lab should get looked at. And yeah, your heart and your kidneys and your liver could not be very happy. So um, could I say that you would, you would say that, um, if I translated that keto, like came out of a need for medical treating necessary. a medical nece- mm-hmm. necessity mm-hmm. of treating something like epilepsy. Yes. It, it's not just a normal diet where it's like eat banana, just eat bananas. It, or even that would be fucked up, but like fruitarians, there is, there is like things to biologically track in your system to make sure you're doing it safe. So are you saying mostly that like, um, it, would it be fair to say that you would say keto can be done, but it's incredibly important to track certain things. Like there are people that just see the fad Mm-hmm. And they just eat fat, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're or not. But they're not doing it. Bacon. Yeah, and so yeah. they're and you and so they're not maybe doing it in a conscious way where they're really right. tracking the things they need to track. It's not just like yeah. eliminate carbs or whatever. There's there's a serious biological like shifts happening in your system with a ketogenic diet. So you're suggesting that like there just is some it's an example of a diet that requires more attention and when something becomes Cooking. a yeah, when something becomes a fad, um mm-hmm. it's just not um consciously cared for. Right. It gets warped and let me just tell you that every single single every single diet out there was created by a very old white man. <sighs> and so <laughs> But it's but it's true. There is, and I can tell you the history of dieting too, and why diets got created. If you really want, yeah, tell us. Um, no, can, can you That's give Can you give a Can you give a really snapshot? Um, yeah. Test yourself. Yeah, the your... snapshot is that purity culture, diet culture is all racist. Oh, this is racism. Yeah, like you, in regards to like body size, like yes, you were alluding it's to oppression. before. Yes. Okay. Um, so when the white settlers came here to the Americas, just as one example, or even to Africa, um, those white settlers needed to have a power dynamic. So I guess this would be a good exchange or a good segue to sex. Uh, They needed to establish power. Mm -hmm. And so because they had this Anglo presentation, I'm thin white, my presentation makes sense to me. Now I'm in some other country, right? So again, I've invaded a country and these people don't look like my biology. Oh, look at the food they eat. Oh, these nuts and berries. That's gross. We eat prime, raw, grass-fed sheep up here. And now you look um, dark and short and fat, and what you're eating is disgusting because we don't have any fat people in Europe. Um, so here, eat our food. And now you're told, like, certain foods grown in certain regions, like these people have been eating it for years and years and years. Like, they understand that. Um not to mention, like, all of the diseases that the settlers bought. So that's just this one seed. Like one example. One of example of why um, this perfect image of a thin white person has been sustained and mm. where it came from. Mm. Okay. And, and, and to be fair, like, yes, there are some periods where, um, like, in the 50s, um, the Marilyn Monroe um, kind of bigger body, curvier body became accepted. But let me tell you this. If you were at McDonald's and you saw a 400 pound woman eating a burger versus this tiny little thing eating a burger, are you good? Is there any question in your brain? That person shouldn't be eating that. But would you think that the same with a thin person who's eating the burger? Mm. That's like just an easy one question for Mm -hmm. anyone who's thinking about body image or their own fat phobia. Mm Mm-hmm. Thank you for that, like, picture. I think that's a really good thing for people to consider. I like that. Thank you. Um, 
and I do think that there was an interesting transition there. However, I would love if you touched a little bit more specifically also on your, you know, your, um, viewpoint angle on diet culture. Um, and also here's my question to you, like to round out even more of your stance is a cinnamon roll okay? <laughs> Can we eat a cinnamon roll? Oh, I love this question. Um, yes, there's no such thing as a good or bad food. All foods fit in any kind of a diet. Um, now, that is to, that being said, there might be two examples. Option A, maybe because somebody's diabetic, they might have to have half of a cinnamon roll, a big sausage patty, and a fruit smoothie. Well, really, if they could have a fruit salad, that would be better for more fiber. Um, maybe they even have fiber in their fruit smoothie, for example. Versus somebody who does not have diabetes, maybe they could even have two cinnamon rolls. Maybe this person's a hiker. Maybe they're going to go on a marathon. Maybe they'll have three cinnamon rolls, <laughs> right? But the two people can eat their fucking cinnamon roll. Mm. It just might have to look different. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. I have to say and um, that... I just, I already know, like, we're going to have more episodes with you. Um, Like, there's just so much to talk about. And I obviously want to do one where Tyler's here, too. And I already know, like, talking about food is going to be really interesting to have you and Tyler here. Because I do know that you guys... But I don't want to trigger anybody or make it sound like anyone, any presentation is, like, the right or the best way. Um, Like, for example, I, I do often talk about prejudices, like keto makes me nervous and like I see a lot of people like want to prescribe to this keto diet and it does get warped by mainstream media and so maybe these people really are eating a pack of bacon a day and 12 eggs per meal and and these things happen like when I do diet recalls like learning what people eat is a very intimate thing um and and what we eat and how we feel about our food is also very intimate um, and can be vulnerable Mm -hmm. and so so long as no one feels so long as everyone is okay with that because I hope that I don't give like as we were saying earlier give off a vibe of like my way the way I view food is not the prescription for everybody exactly and that's why we say you have your angle and um like diet food culture nutrition there are so many different like solutions or answers Mm -hmm. out there and it's confusing it's incredibly confusing and so what I respect about what you're saying is you acknowledge that um, the high level, like it's not going to look the same for everyone. And I, I agree, like it's not going to, and there's a level of personal decision of what feels right. There's a level of being conscious and aware of the choices that you're making, being aware of the bio biological repercussions and, and changes in your body. Mm -hmm. And there's so much to know, like it is scientific. And I know that you geek out on that, on those aspects. And, um, um, but there's also a level of intu- intuition and... A lot of people and can't no- even connect to their body. They don't even shit every day. Yeah, I have that problem. But, yeah, and so it's, like, dropping... Like, like taking a step back and, real- and, like, being aware of what you eat and realizing how it affects you and understanding that, that is, you are different from you, from you, from you, from you. So your angle is your angle. We're, we're here talking about your shit today, so it's not a worry about triggering anyone, but it would be very interesting to see you and Tyler, to, to hear you and Tyler have this conversation. And I see your the, your face reaction. Like, I believe wholeheartedly that you two have the tools in your tool belt to have, like, a very open-minded, respectful conversation with each other. Like, it, it is... I call it a fishbowl. 
like a like an experiment. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to practice that mindset more. Like I'm gonna give it my best or give it this. Um, you go in with that tool bag. Um, do your best. Show up as best you can and. It's, everything's an experiment. You'll get another chance tomorrow. Yeah, when you say experiment or fishbowl, like it's almost like jumping into someone else's pond for a second, like oh, having I a conversation. Yeah. I was thinking that, like, like um, you know, you and Tyler might have very different opinions on some of the things we're talking about in regards to food or nutrition or diet or whatever. I don't want to speak for him, so that's why it'll be fun to have you back sometime. But it's almost like you two having that conversation would be jumping into each other's ponds and mm-hmm. just and just splash splash and be and being respectful of the variety of opinions and information and like um I I can't really speak a whole lot on it because I really haven't dove in deep and dive dive, what the fuck is the word dove in dive I haven't dived deep enough whatever I haven't gone deep enough into the world of nutrition to be able to speak on it the way that I feel you can or the way that I feel Tyler can so I kind of take a backseat and just let that conversation happen. Um, but I do, I, I do tend to lean scientifically. Um, Tyler will, will not be surprised by me saying that, like, I like to hear, like, the science or I like That's to hear, I, I like to, yeah, I like to hear, like, but why, you know, and I just yeah. tend to think that way. Um, and so in regards to, like, the, the science aspects that you, that you bring to the table, like, I, I like to hear that stuff. Anyway. So I appreciate that. I hope you'll be willing to ha- come back and have that conversation oh, yeah. with him. I yeah. think that would be very entertaining, at, at the least. Um, okay. So is there anything you else you want to add to, like, nutrition, diet, whatever, before we switch topics? I will wrap it up with my favorite lesson about social determinants of health. Everyone can Google. We all go into the Google. Look it up. Um, and we all go into the Google. We all go into the Google. <laughs> the Google tells me all these things. <laughs> the clients at work use this slang. I'm like, what is this? And I go to the Google and the Google tells me. And then I try to use the slang and they're like, you did not do it right. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I love it. You did it right for me. Great. <laughs> That's what she said. Um, but what were you saying though? You go into the Google for oh, something? <laughs> what was I Googling? I gave you your one last. Si- oh, social okay. determinants Ooh. of health. Um, so there are nine to 12, sometimes even people summer, um, simmer it down to five social determinants of health. The idea is imagine a pizza or a pie chart. And I just want you to know that your own behaviors about diet and lifestyle, I use the air quotes, um, it's really only like 30 to 40% of the pie. So more of the pie is not in your control is what I'm trying to highlight. So which is what? Like, what is the other thing? Oh, the pie? Um, like, do you have access to food? So um, systemic um, food access. Did your school allow you to get free lunch? Um, did you qualify for free lunch? Or just like, what did your parents feed you when or you were a kid and you didn't realize you? you had a choice? Right, right. Um, or you didn't realize you had no choice or mm-hmm. you were taught to finish all the food on your plate. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So there are environmental um, and then also like biochemical, right? So genetics uh, play a role. I think another 20 to 30 percent I gotta look at my pie chart but when I teach um, intro to nutrition to students to college level students I teach nutrition um that's the first thing I start with is that there's only so much we can do Mm -hmm. so be nice to yourself eat what you can eat what you can afford whatever you can afford I can make a diet for you 
that would help you live. Yeah, and what I appreciate about that is, like, we all have to start somewhere. And if you bite off too much of the pie or the cookie or whatever, um, or the cinnamon roll, if you will, if you bite off too much in one in one bite, you it's overwhelming. So what I appreciate about that perspective is, like, where are we right now? What is it that we can take on, manage, not necessarily control, but, like, what is at our fingertip? Like, what are our resources? Like we say, meet the client where they're at. Yeah, and that's going to change. Life changes, mm-hmm. situations change, resources change. So it's, it's, you know, Tyler and I have a great privilege to be able to spend quite a lot of money on groceries, and actually that was one of the hardest things when I moved in with him because we were sh- we share the finances in that way um you know we're cooking together every night like you you can't like not m- mesh that world and his body is his temple as you've kind of used that term before um and so he is um the food that he buys tends to just be more expensive we spend a shit ton of money so we're privileged yeah. to be able to afford to do that I don't know where I was going with that uh I think um the flexibility the openness to um meeting people where they're at mm-hmm. and um being able to be able not to everyone, change yes and so yeah i think it was just an example of like not everyone has thousand dollars a month to spend right, on groceries right. and our food really shouldn't cost that much which, which is a whole nother conversation there's definitely like ways where you can find like even if you do like grocery outlet they have a Absolutely. lot of brands that's that whole foods has you just you're not going to be able to go there and expect that they have the have same the thing every time and they may not have all of the things you may have to make a couple extra stops at different places and mm-hmm. it, it becomes a little bit more of a game to play but um that's you know that's an example of a way to get access to some maybe healthier options um at a better price Mm -hmm. just an Mm -hmm. example well and also i just have to add my last tidbit of deconstructing a little bit of like what does healthy mean um if you have access to canned and frozen veggies like I would much prefer that you have some form of vegetable in your diet, even if it's applesauce, than say, like, I won't eat anything unless it's organic. So that goes back to this purity culture of, like, only organic food is okay, but I, I don't even want to go into, like, the laws of organic. And, like, even organic food uses pesticides and it's just, like, um, there's a lot to learn, as you mentioned. There's a lot of information out yeah. there. Yeah, and it's, like, and and it can be overwhelming. So, like, starting at the starting at the base and it's like we have to have this sense of security to even be able to consider adding all these other factors into life like okay like you have to have security and stillness yeah. at, at the Maslow's foundation hierarchy. of yeah at the foundation yeah. of your life to be able to have the brain bandwidth to say okay i'm going to take the extra money and time and energy in my life to only shop these kinds of foods like you have to elevate to that you have to get to that phase if you're still working on stability and security like okay we're, we're here what are our resources right if you if you at the very least you need some form <clears throat> of fruit and vegetable here's some applesauce like if if it just depends and, and right. also Which we're a great in, way to add fiber to your diet by the way and it tastes not good yeah and you know what we're in america and our our access to food is wildly more expansive and a different experience than yeah and available than like places in rural africa so like our perception of this is um yeah a totally different experience so you know just to say that too um okay i but i do also want to give you a second to say like what are you hoping to do with your your degree with Aww. all of this information like what are yeah. what are you hoping to do with all of it yeah 
Um, so funny because before we started recording, I said something like, I went to school to become a dietitian and now I graduate and I don't even want to be a dietitian. Uh, I mean, I do want to be a dietitian, but, um, there's so much you want to do. Right. And so before I answer that question separate, but related, like I could go into a hospital and become a clinical dietitian. Um, I do not want to get my experience that route. I'll explain what I do want to get though in a second. But, um, to your point about meeting people where they're at, I, here's a story about real life things. Um, a homeless patient came into a hospital after the doctor read that person's labs said to the homeless person, we'll just have a vegan diet. Um, and then your labs will improve or like eat more plants, um, and your labs will improve. And so it's just like, well, how is this homeless person going to like get, get the, right. Get the plants. Or, or can they cook? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, can they store food? So, mm. um, and so what I want to do, um, is graduate with my master's of nutrition, master's in nutrition, food science and packaging. That's my full title. That's kind of cool because San Jose State has a diverse program. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people just get their master's in nutrition only. Um, And then I will pursue my internship and take this test to become a registered dietitian. With that, my grandest goal would be to open up my own eating disorder recovery center hopefully specializing um, in the queer community. And that means all of the non-binary, fat, queer, femme people to the front of the line, if I could do sliding scales to meet people where they're at. Because to recover from an eating disorder, it could be almost $800 a day. Mm. It's, it's a lot of money. Um, mm. And so that's why I hate diet culture and purity culture, because it, it, like, out of the entire um, book of mental diagnoses, which is, I don't know, maybe three, four inches big, <laughs> um, Eating disorders are the number one killer. That's mm. before depression, before schizophrenia. Really? Yes. And that's because if you don't eat, your organs fucking die. Oh. Well, yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. So it's a big enough... It's, it's that big of an issue in yes. American culture. Oh, yeah. And I... It kills more people. Oh, yeah. I bet you. And you're more likely as a teen to develop a disordered eating relationship to food than type 2 diabetes or obesity. So it's funny, like, we're in this obesity epidemic, right? Mm-hmm. I use big air quotes <laughs> and, um, when people go on these diets and they yo-yo, they lose weight, they go, you know, and then they revert back to their original form of eating that actually messes up with your labs more than anything. And oh, I'm yeah. talking about like your blood glucose, your lipid panel, the amino acids that tell us if your liver is functioning. Okay. Um, and so it's, it's harmful. Um, and so I just want to help heal people's relationship with food and their body, um, and give them space to talk about it and ask questions and be curious and give them space to heal because they deserve that and to feel worthy and sexy and whatever the fuck you wear and whoever the fuck you fuck and whatever the fuck you eat. <laughs> that is what I want to do with my life. So mm-hmm. I want to do advocacy. Um, I also want to teach, um, actually my thesis is changing it's like a presentation of how could nutrition education change um, with an axis of nutrition education coming from more of an intuitive eating um, body acceptance. Gosh, that was so wordy. Um, <laughs> hence why I need to go write my thesis. Oh my God. Well, thank God you've got a lot of words to write that thesis, right? You need more words, the better. Yeah. Um, so basically my intervention group, we taught them cooking demos um, that I taught them nutrition, but from this point of view that you've heard me talk about in these last minutes. Um, and then I'm going to compare that to people that just got basic nutrition education with no cooking demo. And we'll see if their relationship to food, um, improved or not. 
I love it. We need more people that want to do that. So we need you. It's important. And I keep saying that I have the last question, but rapid fire question. Don't add anything else to it. I just want to know if, if you were going to recommend to the general, again, and this probably goes against everything you have to say, but like generally speaking in our American culture, you know, like new, you know, shit that we're lacking in our diet. If you had to recommend one supplement, mm, vitamin D. Okay. Vitamin D and omega threes. Okay. I said one, but I'll let you do that. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. I said one, bitch. <laughs> vitamin D. Get the D. Get the D. <laughs> oh, boom. Speaking of the D, that was so good. Thank you for that. You could have said, you know, spirulina, fish oil, <laughs> like, I don't know why I said spirulina, but like no, flaxseed, like not fiber. We as often as we need to, especially people who don't wear sunscreen and you need vitamin D. It's yeah. It's really important for your and development. Dick. Up until you're like 25. Yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah, and just like it's important to get the D, you know, in all, in all ways it that it comes. Um, that it comes, I'm don't. sorry, okay. Um, okay, now transition. Um, I would love to talk about your how do we even like start this um how i view relationships and sex yeah boom how do we view relationship and sex um so i practice ethical non-monogamy um that means i generally don't believe in possession unless you're into that um i'm just gonna go get him because i don't want him to pee on it yeah me neither ethical non-monogamy capital on the e for ethical yeah um, and ethical non-monogamy, you'll hear me abbreviate E&M, is not synonymous with polyamorous. Um, E&M is like the giant umbrella. E&M being ethical non-monogamy. Right, okay. or consensual non-monogamy, okay. as people um, might also know it. And um, I do this because I like having a lot of sex. <laughs> Um, and typically in monogamous relationships, but not exclusively, like some monogamous people can absolutely have some type of openness in their relationship. So everything I'm saying is like specific to me. Um, and I'm totally aware that there are so many ways to make relationships. Yeah. Speaking about spectrums, once you realize the Mm -hmm. the spectrum that really does exist in terms of relationships and sexuality and, you know, personal sexuality, yeah, you really realize that there is no rule of thumb. It's whatever feels good to you in the container of your relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like to, um, well, when I read erotic poetry, um, I wrote something about, like, searching for both familiar and um, new. And so it's like we all have, I mean, if you're a vulva-having person, you have a vulva. Um, doesn't mean that you're a woman or a man. Um, and then, you know, we all, those have penis havers, right? But, like, if you put a vulva and a penis together, you could put a hundred of them next to each other and they would all interact differently. Or, like, if you put a hundred clitorises in a room, everyone would touch their clit differently. So it's like, but we all have clits, right? It's like we have tongues. We all have tongues and taste buds, but we taste food differently, and we all have different food preferences. Mm-hmm. Ooh, good one. Similar and, and different. I love it. So how did you get to that point? You were in a monogamous uh, relationship for six years from, like, 20, like, from, like, very I for young. for 10 years. Yeah. He was my high school sweetheart. Yeah. Um, we're eating cherries. Very fitting. Oh, I yeah. just feel like cherries are very sexual. They are. We might They're as well eat sexy. them at this moment. Yeah. If you hear it's, like, <laughs> sucking and That's the cherry. Um, <laughs> that's the cherry. That should be somebody's ringtone. Yeah. Um, there's, that's the pit. I'm just um, 
how did I get to this point? Well, actually, and wow, if this ever gets like super public and sorry, ex-boyfriend for hearing this. <laughs> I mean, you can speak in, in, oh, yeah. in, in um, general terms if that absolutely. helps. Absolutely. And, um, 2015, I knew that I wanted to have outside sex. Um, so I was having good sex. I was happy with my sex life. Um, outside sex, knew. not like under the oh, sun because you're trying to get Thank vitamin you. D. I mean, it's <laughs> like, you're, you just I mean outside, outside of the relationship. Of the relationship. Yes, <laughs> just sorry. had to clarify. Thank you. Um, <laughs> And that did not um, sit well with my partner at the time. Um, and then that relationship ended, and I began to be interested in somebody else. And that person said to me, who's older, um, I wouldn't want to hold you back from anything. Like, you just got out of a relationship. Um, and I had expressed I'm very sexual and very curious about all the fish in the sea. Yeah, when you got out of your typical monogamous relationship Mm -hmm. long-term relationship you consciously already knew that like your preferences and your desire to experience different things that was already there yeah you were like on board and ready like you were consciously making sure that whatever your next thing was it was a situation where you were going to be open be able to be open well and i don't even i didn't even get out of that relationship necessarily really wanting to no that wasn't like a driving force but it was there right right i knew that i want i already knew that my desires were different than the norm divergent like i had deviant desires (laughs) (laughs) deviant so okay so you well tell me more then oh i like to have group sex because the more genitalia available the better um (laughs) Where is your sexual preferences lie? Um, well, okay, so I like to say that I'm bi, like, as in, bisexual, as in, fuck the binary, and that, like, I could say that I'm pansexual, which means that genitalia or genitals don't matter to me, which is true, like, I love bodies, and I like to see bodies, and I like bodies on me, and I like to touch bodies, <laughs> so that's my orientation, um... But I'm also bi-romantic, and so I could date a woman and live with a woman. I dated a woman. My only woman I've ever dated, dated long-term was for a month. Um, long-term. But that's for, why I for learned... For relative. Yeah, yeah. And that's where I learned, like, I like this. And this is... And it actually, sleeping with women is one of the things... Actually, sleeping with humans um, in general that helped me heal some of my body image, like... Oh my gosh, ladies, you're going to take off your shirt and he's going to be so happy that there's titties there. Like, he's not even going to look about how much you weigh. And, like, if he does, then you're not going to fuck him or you're not going to have good sex and you won't fuck him again. Like, <laughs> you know, like, trust me, they're going to be happy that they're in front of nakedness and just be able to get inside you um, or around you. Like, don't worry. Under you, over you. Yeah, yeah. All the things. Yeah. You know, like, we're primal, right? Um, and not all of us experience desire for sex. Um, some of us may be asexual um, or gray sexual, where maybe that might change or be a little bit fluid. Um, so I like, but I, but I like to say bisexual because there's a lot of biphobia in the queer community, and I'm a very, I, my life partner um, is a man, and so I pass as a cishet straight couple, um, but we're both kind of queer, you know, mm-hmm. um, and we always haven't been together or our relationship or we renegotiate what our relationship looks like mm-hmm. um, based on the circumstances or maybe the hurt that has happened in that moment. Um, but he stuck around for this long. <laughs> Thanks, babe. <laughs> um, but I go, I get to like 
have sex with other people. Um, yeah, well, tell us about yeah. the where are you at right now? Like, like um, critical. You said that it changes. You renegotiate. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. critical stages of what your negotiations have been right. transit and how you transition mm-hmm. and where you're at now in your partnership. When there's hurt, um, like infidelity, because a lot of ethical non-monogamous or polyamorous people, a lot of people like um, fireflies to the fire, um, know that they want diversity. And so they might pursue cheating before they get to a comfortable place where they're honest and saying, look, like, I just like to have sex with multiple people and that's who I'm going to be. And are you okay being with somebody who wants to have sex with multiple people? And so, okay. So you're saying like some people just cheat because they're not because they having those that. conversations. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not like it's kind of taboo in our culture Absolutely. to say like, especially as a woman, I love you and I want to be with you, but I also want to fuck other people. What? Exactly. <gasps> this is not acceptable. Right. I mean, a lot of women even say like, I would kill another woman if she looked at my man. Like the violence that mm. monogamous culture tends to yeah. um, give off. Hello, like what part of your rational brain says that there's no possible way? for your partner to find someone else right. sexually attractive and to potentially look at their butt in passing. You do it, bitch. I know you do it. If you were to be honest with yourself, you're you're looking at you're with your girlfriends and you're like ha 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 um that magic mic and that guy's mm. ass is so hot. Well, look at how he dances. Okay, so it's the same. Right. Oh, anyway. but it's a celebrity and it's okay then. Mm. But yeah, but that goes to say that like whatever rules you make in your relationship. I mean, I've slept with monogamous couples that don't have um, relationships with people, but they have sex with people. Um, There's also this term, kitchen table polyamory, where all of your other partners or sex ships, um, they're called metamors. Um, So, for example, what what do you demand? It's not dinner time. (laughs) There's water there. Just your attention and love. Maybe he didn't want to go down there. Um, but yes, that's my, oh yeah, you asked me what what are the rules? Um, yeah, there's lots of rules. Well, um, I would like to practice relationship anarchy, which means that the two people or the three, however many people are in that relationship, um, get to decide what the dynamic is going to be. Um, again, you heard me talk about diet culture, purity culture. We kind of have this relationship escalator, um, boy, girl, meet, they fall in love, they're all romantic. They pump, they have sex, they get married, they make babies, they get the house with the white picket fence, they have grandchildren. Um, that's called like the relationship escalator that um, people who are together for certain amounts of time get to do this, um, then they'll get married. They have these very, um, the steps that they look like that. I mean, mm-hmm. you just even expect Brazil, a relationship to look yeah, a certain way and grow exactly, a certain way. Exactly. Um, because of certain reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or what we all think. Mm-hmm. Um, versus relationship anarchy is just saying like, well, fuck the diet or the diet, <laughs> fuck <laughs> the cultural norms. What do I want from this? Yeah. And so I like to take that approach, even in my friendships or my workships. Um, how do I want to align myself? And even like we were talking about colors earlier. Okay, I know I'm talking to somebody who's red. Is there some inner work I could do to shift my blue to be a little bit more red? Mm-hmm. Or what are the similarities so that I could express myself to this person using language they know so it's interesting because you said like relationship anarchy what do i want so you're tapping Mm -hmm. into you how does that work when you do have a primary partnership it's it's pretty well established um how does that work when what you want doesn't match with what he wants Mm. 
Um, How do you maintain autonomy, yeah. authenticity to to your process, understanding what your desires are, but then also respect the, that partnership? Mm-hmm. One, hopefully have a partner um, or be in a dynamic with somebody who with whom you can communicate really well and maybe say like, wow, I'm getting really, um, I'm thinking psychology arousal, arousal, not in sexually, but arousal means like, uh, a feeling is coming up for you. Right. Uh, that's okay. He's so, fine. Okay, cool. So, um, uh, you would need the skill set to, to be able to talk about these topics. Um, and if you don't get the fuck out now, <laughs> it would be really hard. There would be a lot of explosiveness, probably a lot of um, upset feelings more. So, I mean, like not to say you can be an excellent communicator and still have hurt feelings. Um, but the, the outcome might be more larger. What am I saying? Um, you asked me what happens when maybe something that I want. How do you maintain your authenticity mm-hmm. in terms of your partnership? Um, well, that hasn't always been the most authentic. I definitely have hidden parts of myself in order to gain acceptance um, from either that partner or other partners. Mm. And everyone just ends up hurt in the end. Um, and it doesn't feel good for anybody. So of late, um, just being able to say that this is my truth and this is what I want. Um, I invite you to it. You're welcome to come along with me. And I understand that if it's not something that you want, then like, it's not an ultimatum because to me, ultimatums are it's this way or that way. Um, but this is an invitation. And so if somebody is in that mindset where it sounds like an ultimatum, then it will be an ultimatum to them. I can't change their mind about that. Yeah. Um, but this is what I have. This is the train I've got going. Um, you actually encouraged it. (laughs) (laughs) The beauty of, of that mindset, um, I think applies no matter what the topic and it's Mm -hmm. like recognizing that yes you are in a you're united front you're in this partnership you're committed to life together um no matter what kind of like relationship dynamic it is if you if you have that then that's the case in some manner and um recognizing that that person is their own person with their own experiences their own things that they're working through their own desires yeah you're not going to want the same thing and it's like there's this beautiful um line that we can uh walk where it's like we are a united front, but I also honor that I'm on my own journey and you are on your own journey. And how do you do life together while giving that person space to right. be on their own journey? Right. And so when you can come to your partner and you, when you have this, in, you, it seems like you have this dynamic in your partnership where you both understand that things can be reevaluated, that like where you're at now is not forever and that you maybe are more uh, open and accepting of change and you're under and and that things can always be let's say renegotiated or discussed and it, right. everything is always on the table and that's honestly why I left monogamy because I felt like I no matter what the differences were it would I would have to be with this person and it wouldn't be okay to celebrate differences or talk about differences or address them mm-hmm. um, I would have to eat whatever was available because that's just what was going to be and I just felt like almost suffocated like that's just too much and I found that I even feel better do better when I'm diversifying my lovers if you will um and then it actually makes me feel more connected to my partner and when we have group sex with others together it's like this little thing we get to like talk about you know and that no one else knows like it's just um it's fun Mm -hmm. it's fun um and I want to go back to 
something that we were just talking about, and I feel like the tr- the thought on the train is leaving me, and I wanted to turn around and come back. Um, motherfucker. Why don't we ever say oh, father fucker? Father fucker? Great question. Father fucker. It just feels really dirty, but um, <laughs> I don't know. Something about that feels really wrong, but I guess... Because you have a better relationship with your dad. Yeah, your maybe that's why. Yeah, that's a whole other thing we can talk about at some point. How we relate on our relationships with our moms. Anyway. Um, okay, well. Sorry, I just fucked up your train. No, 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 you didn't fuck it up. But my my question, I was going to relate it to something we were just saying, but fuck it. My question is, um, someone who is in a monogamous relationship. Well, they don't even have to be in a relationship, but they are just barely cracking the code of what traditional relationships have to look like and they are realizing they're at the beginning of their journey realizing where their sexuality lies realizing like what type of relationship works for them maybe they've cheated in 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 past relationships and they're trying to process why they they tend to be that way um or yeah, like, wh- what's a g- good way for someone to, if they have some sort of curiosity or they're trying to process something in this manner, what's a good way for someone to, like, start this process? Like, where do you, where do you begin in your, in your journey? Um, I would recommend the book Polysecure. I don't know who the author is at this moment, um, but I recommend a lot of research. Um, also so that you can develop the language to explain yourself. Maybe you're somebody who knows exactly what you want and that comes naturally to you. Um, and maybe you're somebody that needs a little bit more definition around whatever that is. Um, so I would think gather information also so that you can sit with that information and see how it feels with you. Um, I think maybe some people have, maybe people are more impulsive and they think, okay, this will be like those that maybe have cheated in the past. This will be it. This will be what I want. Um, and then you go through it and you're like, wait, that was totally not what I was thinking, right? Um, so expose yourself to um, these circles where the topics are discussed. So read books um, or podcasts. I mean, there's so much media out there to consume. See what comes up for you. See what other questions you have. Maybe it isn't for you. Maybe it really is. Um, and then hopefully do the appropriate steps to do it in an ethical manner if you're in a partnership or just be kind to people. Don't be a dick. I feel like communication is like so important. And honestly, I feel like that's one thing that people struggle. Like, like we were talking about before, (laughs) like it is a skill that needs to be developed and given attention to. Like there are ways to practice communication Mm -hmm. and to learn ways, you know, the best ways of, of doing it. And I feel like if um, you need to have some seriously strong communication exactly. skills in exactly. order to be in some sort of non-monogamy, open, polyamorous swinger type even. swinger. Yeah, yeah, like you have to be yeah. able to say, this is what I like, this is what I don't like, this is what I want, this is what I don't and want. And if the person can't do it, don't have sex with them. Mm. If they can't tell you their boundaries or their thoughts on things, they're hiding something, there's something different, something icky, just don't, you know, you want to go in something with with your mind made up. I don't even want to say clear head because I like not sober sex, but like. So tell us about like some of your experiences. Like you've got your partnership and some of your experiences going outside of that in terms of relationship dynamics and mm-hmm. things that have and haven't worked mm-hmm. worked for you. Um, before I get to that, yeah. I want to give everyone a meme, um, but audibly, <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, where, like, the meme is separated, right? And it's people talking. Um, and, mm-hmm. like, a lot of people think polyam is just, like, us being able to go sleep with whoever we want. But it's really just a lot of talking. 
It's just at first it's a lot of talking. Like, will your partner get upset if I leave marks on you? Like if you're into BDSM, like, um, and all these things, like, do you, can we kiss because you have oral herpes? Like, there is so much talking to do first before you like you go into these. Which dynamics. a lot of people f- are afraid to do because they find that that's not very sexy right. and it right. releases the mystique. <laughs> yeah, well, for for sure not yeah. that, but yeah. also to to talk about all those things. It's like people really like it? mystique. Yeah. yeah, and they don't yeah. know. Yeah, they think that's and our culture doesn't give each other tools. Yeah, so like let's talk about STDs. Like yeah. I was really fortunate that I grew up with a sex educator and being able to do that from like day one. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're asking me to give examples about relationship aspects that have and haven't worked for you when you go outside of your primary mm. partnership. So the biggest struggle here is anytime that I develop an emotional connection to somebody or an emotional development. Um, Cause that's not like, that's not where you're at with your pr- partner right now. You're with your partner right now. It is, you can have sexual relationships with other people. I don't necessarily need to know who they are. That doesn't matter to me. The frequency, the guy, girl, whatever, but it can be sexual and that's fine. And yes. emotional is not necessarily on the table. Um, I at think, this point, I don't, I think it's more of a conversation. The more I'm becoming authentic and genuine, um, and saying, yes, I enjoy casual sex and sometimes I vibe really well with this person and I want to only see two people. Um, when I got to that point, that became very threatening um, because then it's like, well, well, also I think that even though my partner is queer um, because he likes to have sex with other people, he's not romantically queer like I am. Um, and so I think that it's harder to accept that I have more love to give, and it's like, if I'm getting love elsewhere, then his love diminishes. Like, his love must not be enough if you're exactly. trying to get, and, and it's exactly. it's such human nature to start Absolutely. to compare, and Absolutely. what do you do? You, you know, you can't really, um, all you can do is do the best you can to communicate how you're feeling, mm-hmm. what your wants are, all these things, and however this other person perceives that, processes that, is really not in your control. Right, right. Um, but I have... I think recently been doing better about highlighting like yes I do have this casual sex ship or I have these sex ships these play ships um, and I might like somebody and then the question is I put that in that ball in his court how would you feel about that mm. um, and so it's entertaining possibilities not, not to say that you can um, account for everything that's going to happen but it's like you kind of have to, when you're in this dynamic or in this E&M style, walk out different possibilities to f- see how your partner feels. Because ultimately, of exactly. Thank you. Um, ideally. Yeah, um, ideally. Yeah. yeah. Because ultimately, even though you're in this open style, even if you're swinging, um, you want to make sure your partner's comfortable just as you would want your partner to make sure you were comfortable. Yeah. Um, and you were talking about... Um, just a second ago about everyone that's human nature right Mm -hmm. even when we had our first foursome when we did a full swap um we were in this group chat and i was getting really jealous about how he was regarding the girl and like giving her so much attention whereas the other guy her boyfriend was when he referred to us was grouping us together Mm. and i was trying to teach my partner like when you only focus on her i love that she's getting that attention because i want her to feel sexy by you like i want her to feel like you want to devour her because that's how i would want right yeah um, but when you don't group us, like, I feel left out. Like, are you just going to like her? And, like, what if her pussy's better and she fucks better and you're just going to fall in love with her and go away? Even this girl who had been E&M for, like, two or three years before that foursome. Still have were, those feelings. Exactly, exactly. And even when he has solo sex, it's like, 
I have to go distract myself or do something. And not that he does that very often, but it's like, I still have feelings. Right. And so anytime I'm having these conversations with him, I'm very mindful of like, okay. And if the tables were turned Mm -hmm. and so, um, that is like such a sobering moment, you know, (laughs) it's something you really got to try your best to do. And I just want to also tap on like, you know, idealistically you, before diving into anything, you would have that conversation with your, with your primary partner. You'd have consent for sure. And you would say, Hey, like, here's all the possibilities. Like, what if this, what if this, so that you can, and honestly, you never know until you do it. Like you have an idea of how you might feel, but you got to experience life to be able to say, this is how I really feel. And on, and in some of the exploration that Tyler and I have had, what we've learned is that we, we think we're going to feel one way and then something happens and we're like, mm-hmm. oh, like actually we were like way more open to this than we thought or whatever. Yeah. And so you never really That's know, cool. but you've got to start idealistically, have those conversations, realize like where you stand in that moment. And, but again, that's idealistically. So what happens if you say, Hey, it's okay to have, um, sexual relationships with other people. I would prefer that it's a sexual, like I'm at this point in time, like we're not really trying to have multiple emotional intimate mm-hmm. relationships, but then how the fuck are you supposed to control that? Like you said, exactly. you have sex with someone and all of a sudden you right. like their personality right. too. Right. What are you going to do? Right. Like that's, that just happens. Like, what are you mm-hmm. supposed to just find mm-hmm. like hot people to have right. sex with it, but you hate right. like off square off the bat, you know, you're going to fucking hate their personality. Like oh, how are you supposed right. to do that? So what happens when, when you're like, your intention is just have to have sex with this hot guy or girl, mm-hmm. you do that, but then you like their personality and something else starts to, you starts ask your boyfriend to... to date them and then they all say no. <laughs> right. So then what do you, but then it oh, comes back, co- yeah, it's hilarious. And it comes back to this thing of like your autonomy and like yeah. your journey, but you're also in this partnership and like, what do you do? It's like, Hey, okay. Mm-hmm. So then, then your partner says, you know what? I don't feel comfortable. I'd like you to pull back. You got all of a sudden you like unintentionally developed in a, an emotional relationship with someone else, right. how do you pull back? Like, do you, what do you do? Like, you, do you, in your opinion, do you honor the primary, like, not opinion, but in your relationship, in your construct with how you operate, do you honor the primary and pull back? Or, or is it more, I honor you and let's renegotiate or whatever. Like, this is where we're at now. Let's talk about this. Yeah. Um, I mean, in my, I've known my current partner for seven years and I, we don't have an anniversary. So let's just say we've been together for, I don't know what he's doing, together for, I don't know, three or four of them Mm -hmm. together, not together sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I've done all three. I think I've done the cheating. I know I've done the cheating or the like, I'm having sex, but I'm not telling you all the details. And sometimes I don't know that you want the details until it happens, right? Sometimes you think you go in knowing it all and then you realize there's more oh actually I thought I was okay with that but I didn't like that part Mm -hmm. um I've also done the okay I need to pull back um we've actually stopped having um or we've had phases we've we've had different phases but we've also stopped threesomes or or full swaps because one or the other wasn't comfortable Mm. so that option just full stop Mm -hmm. um and then also have done the well if we're not agreeing on something then I need solo time um, and that's why we've re-evaluated our relationship a few times. Where you guys have t- stepped away from the partnership we're, we're no together. We're together. Oh, were you? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shit. I don't know what you want. Um, well, thanks for sharing all that. Now for something fun and sexy. Can you share whatever you, like, however much detail you feel comfortable sharing? <laughs> um, like a sexual encounter experience that you really enjoyed uh. that you would love to have happen again. And, That's and so it hard would be, to answer because there's so many. Whatever is, like, juicy and fun to tell. 
Um, and I love like as much detail just to shock the listeners, but whatever you're comfortable with. Is whatever you're comfortable with. <laughs> I normally don't get this like levity usually. Like I've just, gotten it to- is recorded, so you know, just keep that in mind. But yeah. I don't know what you want to be. Um what is um what is a hit that I've gotten before that was so yummy that I needed another mm-hmm. one? Mm-hmm. Um group sex. I mean and be as detailed as I want. How many people in the group? Um, so far, I've only had a full swap, which means um, that there are three humans other than myself. Okay. So it means two couples are fully swapping. Um, and I've only had two men and me. I don't... Oh, yeah, and then two... Yeah, I have had a, a two female. Because I've had a lot of threesomes. Um, and I've slept with a lot of couples. You've had a threesome where there's just three girls? No, no, no. Oh, no. Two, oh. Sorry. Two that would be interesting. Boys. That would be so much fun. You'd be into that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just like I didn't. Even, I'm that, that thought has never even crossed my what? mind. I bought my first drop on last year, and I haven't even gotten to use it yet. Yeah, because COVID. No, because my girlfriend moved to New Mexico. Oh, <laughs> or the shit. girl with whom I was going to yeah use yeah. it with. Okay, the intention yeah. of why you bought it. Okay, yeah. so you are well, you love group sh- sex. Like it's, and can you just tell me a little bit of something during a group oh, sex moment that is like delicious? Get, yeah, delicious for um, you. Delicious for me. Wow, listeners, you're really going to get to know you, me. You could uh, again, no, like you can be general, but no, like I, I you could like say like I like when one person's on the left and one's on the right, and you can leave it there. Um. Put him in my lap. Maybe he wants to be with me. Can I just... Yeah, yeah. Just do that. I'm going to put that there. Okay. Yeah, give him to me. He wants to go outside. Yep. I don't want to watch him out there. We'll, we'll, we're, we'll be done in a few minutes. Um, I... One of the reasons why I really like group sex is... As a service pillow princess, which means, like, I love to be on my back, but as a service queen, so there's this term, like, freestyle, and that means that without... Oh, so close to eating this fucking cherry pit, which apparently would kill him. Okay, sorry. Pet you be. Bad, don't ah. die. <laughs> um, sorry. No, that's okay. Um, I'm gonna get all excited after this talk. Oh shit. <laughs> uh, and so, one time I gave a dual blowjob for so long, um, like I don't even know how long the playlist was, but I went to work the next day and I was like, "There's something on my face," and I thought it was dry skin because I'm prone to dry skin. But I had washed myself after and, like, scrubbed my face. But I was, you know, flaking it off. And I realized that my whole nose had film. Like, it was just dry cum on my face. Oh, my God. I was God. about to walk into work. You were about to go into work. Oh, you didn't make it into the office like that? No, because I, like... You got yourself like, beforehand was, in the car mirror? Yeah. And it's funny because people have told me, like... And only my closest friends at that time when I was having a lot of casual sex, um, only my closest friends knew about my escapades. Um, but they would say it would come in with a beam and like, they would know when I had whatever fun, oh, okay. you know, there was an aura just, like, about you. Aura. Mm-hmm. Um, the yes. brighter, the pink, the more the people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah, so how many people, just... if you were to have an ideal group sex situation, how many? A train. What's a train? Endless amount. Um, I feel like I, I rarely ever tap out. Doesn't that, isn't that like a whole other term? Like, Yes. But is, and I would do that as well. The gang bang gang, train. Okay. Yeah. Well, so like a train is the idea that a little, if I'm understanding correctly, that the person is laying down or in whatever position, um, and every person gets a turn just going at her, and there's like a tra- like how the choo choo goes on and on. Yeah. Um. Or I mean, I guess there could be like a train of people there, and then like everyone. I guess it's more of an orgy. Um. So how much or I don't know if I would ever have a limit. Um. I've only had the blessings of two at one time. Um, the blessings of two. Well, I just want to appreciate you for sharing these things because 
um, I feel like for me hearing being friends with you over this like progression of your kind of like um, coming into your sexuality and your relationship dynamics um, I have been able to be more and more exposed to these these terminologies and exposed to like gangbang not being a bad thing like exposed to being like yeah or just (laughs) like sure and and exposed to the idea of like this is just like you you embrace your sexuality and and there's so much um sexual repression in our culture which funnels into so many more challenging dynamics in the way we live our lives and so this like hearing that for some listeners might be incredibly shocking but take a step back and just be curious like okay you don't you as the listener do not have to be into gangbang but like what what might you be open to exploring if you really drop into your feelings and you're really honest with yourself and where you and what you're curious about where your sexuality is like what might you be into that that the society tries to tell you is wrong who gives a fuck what society says you live with yourself it's your body it's your mind yeah be safe but you know you know wrap it up or you know get tested all these things but um but yeah like don't you know just getting away from worrying about what other people think so long as you have good intention um, and you're, you're having safe sex. Why does it matter if it's upside down, left or right, uh, while you're falling out of a, yeah. an airplane? Like, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter. Human. Yeah. yeah. Train, plane, yeah. car, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah. So I just appreciate you, like, be, you know, being vulnerable and saying those things because I think it helps to, like, normalize it as much as it could be um like putting voice to these things so what's a sexual experience that you've had that you really did not did not dig oh my gosh um basically any bad hygiene oh yeah yeah that's like the number one also and then just the guy being a dick or well because i've you know i started straight and then turned queer Uh uh-huh um and so i've probably slept with more men than women um no, I know that for sure. Um, so yes, any hygiene, no matter the gender or orientation, is just number one. Um, hygiene, like they they smell bad, hygiene. or oh, hygiene, yeah. like I have like a super. They've got nose. like curds in their pussy or something. Um, we would not have sex. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely examine what you're working with, and like you could do it in a sexy way, like yeah, mm, I want to like see your cock, let me put it in my hands, like, and then like just do a little before you, you put could it just in your like mouth. put a little like yeah, you just put a little like uh, keychain size flashlight. Oh my god, and you just. <laughs> And you just see what's going on down there, you know, before yeah. you get into it. Uh, um, okay, Chewbacca. I know. He's a He's really into blue. Oh, yeah. She's, like, kind of into it, but also a little bit a little like, why are you... Why, yeah, why are you so into me? Sorry. Anyways. Well, thanks for sharing that. That oh, Wait. Wait, did you say the thing you didn't like? Oh, yeah, the hygiene. Yeah, you didn't like hygiene. hygiene and then, like, bad attitude. Or, or like, if you were a Trump supporter, we probably didn't have sex. Oh, okay. Well, that's fair enough. <laughs> we all lean somewhere. Um, okay, so that's all I got for you. Is there anything you want to add, like how we capped the, you know, the whole nutrition diet cap? Mm. Is there anything you want to add to this subject? Yeah. Uh, I, I hope you stay curious. Um, I hope you stay safe if you're uh, thinking about exploring sex in different ways that you haven't explored or even just like the sex you're having now. I hope it's safe. Um, and 
I wish I could give, there are some people on Instagram that are really great to follow. Yeah, go ahead. Um, give their names. Uh, well, I only know a lot of the BDSM community, mm-hmm. but there, I know a lot of general sex educators too. I just, they are not coming to name right now. Um, but the kinky black educator is the best resource. Um, ask a sub also. Um, and oh, there's so many accounts, but if you're into any power dynamic power exchange, um, which I argue is like in every reflection of life. Um, that's maybe the next podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's another reason why I love sex because it applies. Food, sex, people—they all intersect. They all intersect. It's all a pie. It's all pizza. It's all together. What is the best way that they intersect? Like, if you were to put like, <laughs> no, I'm I'm thinking food, sex, people. I'm thinking of like someone has like. Uh, like whipped cream on them yeah. or whatever. Even people do private events like that where they serve food off of naked like sushi. Women. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen that in TV. Sushi. But, but I've seen people really recommend their services. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. Good for yeah. them. Yeah. Um, get curious. Watch porn if you want to like give yourself some imagination. But porn is not educational, mm-hmm. so don't just rely on it. Mm-hmm. And it's often fake. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're a woman out there, I highly recommend you buy some toys. They're just fun. Okay. If you like them. Yeah, sure. Well, um, thank you so much so for sweet. your vulnerability and sharing your perspective on life and all the things that you're passionate <laughs> and interested in. And um, I know that we are going to have so many more conversations, recorded conversations. I want to share more and more of our stuff. Um, Chewbacca, is there anything that you want to add? I'm upset that I didn't get to go outside as often as I wanted. And now when I demanded things, people didn't give me what I wanted. Now I stomp. And now I, I also would like to sit on Blue. I would try to sit on her. She won't let me. <sighs> well, Chewbacca. Okay. Thank Thanks, you for guys. Having me. Oh, of course. It's a pleasure. And with that, pleasure on to other pleasures of life. <laughs>